whenever something really stupid Vegas-wise happens, his phrase is, Vegas is healing. And the latest one was Monday, apparently, um, a naked woman got into the fire control room at Circa and shut the power off the entire building. The entire fucking, what, however, what, a thousand room hotel. The, just sh- <laughs> a naked woman got in there oh, and his great. response was, yes, Vegas is healing. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's yeah. true. That's just kind of how, uh, yeah, yes, naked uh. people doing stupid shit, drunk. That's Vegas. And uh, yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. Yeah. Happy birthday, Donald Hall. Thank you, thank you. 55 fucking years old, man. That's, um, I was doing some math, and I think we talk about this every year, because I That's just... That's old. Well, no, it's not old, but I, I remember how old you are, because you're the same age as the Super Bowl, and this is the time of year normally I would be in... In full we, Super Bowl mode, yeah. Yeah, for my, the one weekend of the year that I care about any real athletics. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was, I, I do the math of, are you younger or older than my in-laws? And oh, I don't, I, I have no idea. Am you, I? You were born in what? 60, 66. 66. You're two years older than my father-in-law, but you're the same age. No, but you're almost a year older than my mother. My mother-in-law was born December of 66. You're born February of 66. So like. Yes, yes. All right. It's a weird. But they're also, they're like 30 years older than you are. Well, you know. And that's you know, an like in the- <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. It's like, I think uh, it's. Cause I, you know, it's, it's one of the, you know, I, and I've had this, this has gone on for the last 15 years is the, you know, and it, part of it is I look younger than I am. However, um, I don't even think it's so much that I look younger than I am. It's just that, I mean, you know, I, I, I know a lot of 55 year olds who simply, they, they don't understand technology, yeah. you know, I mean, now I'll, I'll be the first to admit, yeah, I'm not into Snapchat, Snapchat and I have not uh, even tried TikTok and have no use for it. However, I think Snapchat's dead. But well, I mean, well, whatever I, you know, the thing about it is I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an early adopter of the new social media, um, but I know social media and I understand HTML and websites and web yeah. design and I understand iMessage. It's like, but I know well, I've, I've come, I've come to you. That, I'm, yeah. you're 55, I'm 41, I'll be 42 this year. So that's what, 11, 12, 20 years different? No, three years difference. I don't know. I'm not good at math, but you're older than it's me. 13. It's 13 years difference. I I need to fact check that, um, but I've come to you with tech things before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, and, and and I mean, you know, that's a. It's I. You know, I think it's a. I think it. Uh, it's one of the things I thought about because I always, you know, you know this. I always do the thing where I write down what I learned in mm-hmm. the the following year, and I actually it was one of the things I realized. I think part of the reason I I don't know if I stay young, but I am, I am on a more vibrant fifty five than many. 
yeah. let's put it that way. Yeah. Is that is that I'm constantly, and maybe it's just the navel gaze, I'm constantly le- trying to learn something. I'm always looking yeah. to be learning something. It's a curiosity. Yeah. It's a curiosity about life, a curiosity about my life. I hesitate to use the word my, my lived experience. Well, it's, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I joke that my in-laws, which are younger than you, but are 30 years older than you, they're not curious. They're just not. And that ages. I think that curiosity keeps you young. When you stop being interested in things, you age and you die. Yeah, I think that when you, or at that, least you stop, <laughs> at least you stop growing. And if you stop yeah. growing, eventually you, yeah, eventually you you're die. Just, you're just, you're just hanging it up. Well, that was one thing. One of the things that I learned that, uh, and it was an interesting, this is an interesting thing. And I wrote this is that becoming antique is a journey. Good Lord. That child is very unhappy. We're recording this at, at bedtime and, uh, yep. It's He's the, not a happy, it's it's not the a happy goddamn pup. motherfucking witching hour. All right, there you go. I, it's the funniest thing, because he's like, I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't want to go to Betty Bye. Well, I don't know how to help you then, kid. Fucking idiot. The go first, the first thing go I'll storm just, the Capitol, whatever you lunatics a, do. As a youngish 55-year-old, um, I can say the first thing is stop naming shit like Betty Bye. It's his fucking bed. Go to bed. Those that's yeah, <laughs> Betty, yes. Bi- Betty Bye <laughs> sounds way too like oh maybe I could do it or maybe not. It's like having a cream puff. No, go to fucking bed. It's okay. like prison, prison, bed. Go to jail, bed. That's what you mean. Yes, except that he's not a prisoner. He's three, not even three yet. He's so. not even three, and he is a prisoner. Are you fucking kidding me? Of course no, he's a nobody. Prisoner. He's the fucking warden. Katie and I are the prisoners, buddy. <laughs> You don't understand parenthood at all. I don't, and, and that is a good... <laughs> and perhaps that's why I am uh, yeah. 30 years younger than your that's in-laws, exactly even right. though I'm yes. older, is that yes. I have had no children, and I am perfectly fine well, the reason I, decision. The reason I said Betty Bye is he's getting closer, is because even like in his most screaming, like where he's just furious oh, and losing, yeah, yeah. he still calls it Betty Bye, which is just hilarious. Like listening yeah. to a demon say the word Betty Bye. It's just, it's just funny. It's just funny. <laughs> anyway, I, well, I, I don't know what the hell you were saying a minute ago, and I don't really care. Because what I was going to say about, oh, okay. <laughs> about your um, your annual birthday piece that you write, I Can't Drive 55, Lessons Learned in the 55th Year, I think this is my favorite birthday essay that you've written. Oh, so, really? So far. Why, and why, that's interesting. It, it was the least repetitive of the... Uh, of of the others, I f- at least that I, I felt that. Yeah, way. I, mean, I haven't gone back to like compare is, and contrast, but we've no, talked I about think this you're before. Right. These you are know, these are new. These are I, I will have to admit I, I didn't th- I hadn't even really looked at it, but you're right. Uh, these were things that I learned that were brand new. Yeah, um, and it's not that the other things were like repetitive in that like oh Don didn't learn anything new again, but it's like we learn the same lessons in different ways each time. That's yeah, part yeah. of our learning degree, our, our learning curve. But this time, this year, seemed to be. All new, fresh shit, and that yeah. may be because it was the year that was 2020. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it, well, I think it's probably because as I write in the first part of it, I mean, part of it is uh, I, I moved. We moved, and this is, I mean, granted, this is my second birthday in uh, Las Vegas in Nevada, but this is my oh, first yeah. year that I actually. This is like this was the first year I think I actually was like, oh. 
I'm a Nevadan now. You know, mm-hmm. I'm no longer I'm no longer a Chicago native. Now I belong mm-hmm. to Las Vegas. You know, and yeah. so that that was part of it. Um, I think you know, leaving leaving at the end of this this past uh, calendar year, leaving the casino after a year and a half, that was an ending, you know, and you have in your life lots of endings, but I played this ending differently and it taught me something pretty valuable, I think. And there was a lot of that, a lot in your essay that was based in that, or at least I, I recognize it that way because I'm part of the process throughout the yeah, whole year. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was that, that you know, that was a, a big learning experience I had, you know, the pandemic was a big yeah. deal. Um, my nephew uh, overdosed and that was a big deal. Yeah, let's hope shit like that doesn't happen again this year. I mean, well, I guess you know, he can't die twice, so that's a good thing. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, and, and <laughs> silver you know, linings, well, right? Silver linings. You know, um, but you know, I I still can't. Do you remember when I got rid of social media? Do you remember when that happened? Because I think it was it this year or was it last year? It was before. I can't remember. To be I honest with you. think it was this year, but it was like in waves. You dropped off Facebook first. Yeah, yeah, and then. Instagram, and then Twitter, Instagram, which I, I never followed Twitter anyway, but yeah, Instagram went away. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think that was all this year. All right. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, as I was writing it, I I couldn't remember, and there's no record because everything's deleted, so I don't fucking know when I left all this shit. But yeah, that was kind of a significant change. Um, yeah, a lot of it. Like my again, the one that was the most interesting was the. Like I said, becoming antique is a journey, mm-hmm. you know, and it really is at 55. That's one of the things, and you and I talked a little bit about this, but for some reason, you know, like 40 really got you. Like when you turned 40, that kind of freaked you out a little bit. I remember it, I've got the, we've got the episode. You were a little bit freaked out by turning 40. There was a lot going on yeah. in my life that made 40 like just a weird just a weird thing, yeah. A weird and, thing. And everybody's got a thing that they, you know, yeah. everybody's got an age that they go, oh, fuck. I mean, 45 for me, because I thought I was going to die when I was 45, and then I didn't die 45. But well, for some reason, 55 feels significant, and, and you know, not, not in a bad way or not really even a good way, just it's like, oh, yeah, fuck, I'm old now. I mean, it's like, it's like I was the same age three weeks ago, Yeah, but like today... Oh, I'm an old man. I mean, we've got here, and Dana's loving this, is, uh, you know, I mean, I got some senior discounts in Nevada from oh, being Jesus. 50. Yeah. But at 55, I get all the senior discounts, you know? And and there are everywhere in Nevada 55-plus uh-huh. communities. And now I'm eligible mm-hmm. to live in a 55-plus community. And there, it's just like, oh, I really have lived more life than I'm going to live. I mean, the idea that I'd die at 110. Right. I mean, it's, I, I mean, it, it's certainly possible, but, uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm not going to bank on it. I mean, I'm not right. going to count it. I'm not going to count it out. It's not like I'm going to do what I did my first 44 years thinking, oh, I'm dying at 45. I'm not yeah. pulling that fucking shit. Yeah. But, I mean, it's pretty unlikely I'm living to 110. Yeah. Um, so it means that, you know, and like I, I wrote down, it's like, like an old car, a pair of worn out shoes, uh, we must all acknowledge a certain sense of obsolescence. The pandemic has upended so many of the fictions we lived up until this point, and finding North on the compass is a challenge these days. Becoming irrelevant is like the boiling frog, slowly without even recognizing the boil. And then we find ourselves 
vintage. And I feel vintage now. And, mm-hmm. and I like I like I said, not like a, a rusted Coca-Cola sign, you know, or, yeah. or like that that old stand-up ashtray with a crack in it and you know, but I feel like, you know, like a like a Wait. a really good condition <laughs> Def Leopard album, you know? And yeah, still yeah. with the shrink wrap with the with the, the lyric sheets. But are you the <laughs> I just want to make sure I understand the visual you gave us. The old stand-up ashtray with the crack in it, as in like the push button that opened up and dropped the cigarettes no, into the no, bowl. No, like like the like the the antique ashtrays that were on a stand. Remember those? Okay, not like I see, remember that's the ones that had. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm talking about like they used to have like and these are vintage, but they had uh, ashtray stands. So it would be like it would be like this like the height of a coffee table. Yeah. But it was a glass ashtray. And in my mind, okay. uh, you know, because I know in vintage stores and junk shops, really in junk shops, yeah. that's the, the image of the rusted Coca-Cola sign. Yeah. I've seen those about a thousand billion times in every antique shop in Michigan. Yeah. But I remember seeing yeah. once like this, this like, oh, how, what a, what a gorgeous, light, you know, like the, the ashtray that you could sit in your house, except for the fact that the glass is cracked right down the middle. How much do you want for it? Fifty cents. It's like I'm, I'm, I think I'm in better shape than yeah. the fifty cent cracked ashtray. I used know. to get in trouble with this. Do, do you remember the ashtrays that? You oh, would I push do. the I button do. and the butts would drop down into. The I thing. love yeah. those. Yeah, I did too, and I would get in trouble as a kid because those to me were the Sarlacc pit from Return of the nice. Jedi. Nice. That's so. Excellent. I would always find like. Sometimes it was a cigarette butt. If I had a toy with me, I would put the toy in there. My mother and yeah. dad would be like, "Stop it." I, it's a fucking Sarlacc pit. What? Come on. <laughs> it makes total sense. Yes, it makes complete and total sense. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's one of the things that I wonder. And I said that, and that, that, and maybe that's maybe that's the tone of this one that that uh, is different from the past. Is that I've sort of embraced I, you know, like the last couple of years. One of the consistent lessons, like almost from fifty on, is this almost insistence that life is reminding me. That I'm not important. I mean, I'm important to a few people, but in mm-hmm. general, I'm just not that significant a presence in the world. Right. And that's a hard thing, you know, to to grip when that's you know this that's and it's I'm kind of comfortable with it now. And maybe that's what it is. I don't have to learn that lesson anymore. It's like yeah, okay, I'm all right being, I'm okay being in the margins. I'm going to do the things I'm going to do, and I'm going to do them the best I can. But you know, I'm not changing the world from where I'm sitting. That's that's what age and wisdom is. I mean, you hear a lot of a lot of people in their fifties or sixties, seventies, eighties, yeah. even they'll say, "I'm enjoying my life more at seventy than I did when I was 20. Or yeah. you know, like yeah, I'm not as spry. I'm a little. I'm not you know as skinny or like whatever the you know whatever the metric is. Yeah, you're out of your head. You're not thinking about what other people think about you. You're not concerned with that. You're not worried about your career anymore you know because shit's shit's played out now you can actually just kick back and enjoy yeah taking life in well, a bit well, more. part of, or a part of it, kind of life without all the, yeah. the panic and the, well, the we forcefulness talk, we, we talked about this a couple of uh when we were talking about the new job thing and the writing mm-hmm. you know and and i think maybe i've i have had left and lost enough jobs at this point i mean of every fucking stripe yeah that even a pandemic doesn't bother me 
if I were, you know, I mean, if 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 tomorrow, uh, you know, this this Denver-based company just said, you know what, we can't afford you anymore, or you know, we we despite the fact that we tell you how much you rock and how much we love your writing, we actually decided overnight you suck, mm-hmm. so we're letting you go. I, you know, I would be okay with that. I mean, I it'd be it'd be kind of inconvenient, but it's but you right. know, I hear I hear so many people, <laughs> like especially in a pandemic, it's like I'm out of a job and there's just this wailing. Of oh my god, what am I supposed to do? It's like you go find another job, and when I'm in, and in my life, that's that. I mean, I know that's sort of a get over it, sort of simplistic fucking pull yourself up by your bootstraps bullshit answer, but that has been the reality of my life, which yeah. is, you know, when you hit when you hit bottom financially, you go get you go get a job at a Seven Eleven or a tobacco shop, or you go work as a you know you just. You work and you do things and they give you money and that's how you pay your bills and that's how it works. The, how fucking hard can that be? I was trying to remember the other day, because you wrote about leaving the jobs in your essay. So I was thinking about after after BEZ, you did... Freelance. Right, but you did like the... You, you went... You did more um, like background work, background acting. Yeah, I did I did. I did, did you do the, the tobacco work? shop then or was that... No, no, tobacco shop ago. was tobacco shop was uh, years ago. The tobacco shop was uh, before that was actually during the time I was running the theater. Right. Okay. You know, but the thing the thing is, and it's so funny is that the people at the time thought I was getting paid by the theater. You know, I was paying the theater. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, when we, it was you know, it's like eighty grand out of my pocket to keep that fucking place afloat. So nobody was paying me shit. Yeah. So yeah, I had to I had to get some jobs to make ends meet, and that was one of them was the tobacco uh, shop, the tobacco room. Where was the? You were selling windows or whatever the hell was that in Vegas when you first moved out yeah, to Vegas? Vegas or was that okay? Yeah. Vegas was the selling windows. I think I did that all of three weeks. That and, was fun. Uh, and oh no, it was not fun. And <laughs> it was fun for and, me. Well, yeah. And, well, Dana, the funniest thing about it is, well, I mean, that's the thing is, I there are, and this isn't a lesson I put in here, but because I think I put it in last year, I don't know. But the, you know, never work a job that requires that you wear a lime green polo. That was last year. Ever and uh, this year, uh, never work a job that requires you to have a name tag. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 55 fucking years old. I no longer am wearing a goddamn name tag at a job. Unless you have to, no, not even then. So if 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 the your company now says we love your work, um, we're just going to take templates of it and, and outsource it to Bangladesh. You're okay. on your own, kid or old man. Uh, and the only job you can get. Oh yeah, if it's the only job I can get, okay, I gotta wear a fucking. So? Well, you know, but that's not the road. That is that is the temporary. That is that literally is the. I'm going to work this for a little while until I find something better, or I can generate enough plasma and sperm mm-hmm. to survive on on uh, selling that. You know, yeah, uh, just jerking off and bleeding. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like that's yeah, the dream. Yeah, you know, it's like you know, because I had to wear a name tag. It because uh, what a name at the. It, 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 Casino and a name tag implies customer service. Mm-hmm. And if I never have to fucking work customer service, I'm fine with that ever. I would yeah. rather, I, I mean, as much as, let's put it this way the fact that I am married and I feel a degree of responsibility to bring in some money for my family. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, if I had to work a goddamn job that required customer service as part of it, I would do that. Um, but that would be a big strain at this point because I pretty much, 
the casino tapped me the fuck out when it came to customer service. It's the yeah. last thing I ever yeah. want to do in my life. I would rather dig, literally, dig ditches 10 hours a day See, than fucking customer service. I... Th- I think that my next, if I, if I, I love my job, I love where I work. Um, I, I don't want it to go away, but if it does, I might seriously consider, because I've been considering it for years, really, uh, going, like getting my, like a plumbing license, like becoming a plumber or literally yeah. digging ditches. Like I'm like, I'm done fucking sitting at a desk typing shit for other people. I want to go and use my body and then come home at the end of the day and then write for myself and, and do that and be, be out in... I would love to be a fucking trash collector. What what crazy shit do they see? I don't like, know if you'd love it. But, you know, I... Well, I or that's a mail the thing carrier. Like, all this fun well, stuff that you, know, you get to experience. Uh, Megan Dom has a, a podcast called The Unspeakable, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her writing. I love Megan Dom. I think she's a great essayist. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just started a podcast because she couldn't make much money, enough fucking money writing. So she started a podcast, and it's actually a really good podcast, but one of the latest podcasts she did was a guy wrote a book. Basically, the book was that this is that the digital age was supposed to be the best time for artists, it turns out it's the absolute fucking worst time for uh-huh. artists of all time. It's this like it's the the least amount of money they've ever made as artists, like in the history of art. And uh, and one of the things that I, and I mentioned this today, it's like I've been saying this since I was I think just out of college, and I've been saying it consistently, which is don't be an artist for a job. It's a terrible job. Yeah, you know, get a job. And then make your own art. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact is, right now, I'm in a place where I like writing what I'm writing. I'm getting paid to write things. And I'm getting to write my own shit. Yeah. And I'm working on my casino at the end of the world book. And so it's like, all right, right now, this is pretty good shit. I mean, I was writing when I was at the casino. I was writing when I was at WBEZ. Right. Yep. I was performing. I can't wait. I really, really can't wait. Um, cause that's one of the things that Dana surprised Dana that I, I still have that gene. It's like, man, as soon as we get to a point where we can do live events, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm doing bug house. I'm going to do some storytelling shit. I, God, I miss bug house. Yeah. You know, I mean, I even had, I even, I, I don't think I'll take it this, but there's only, I want to say like three small theaters mm-hmm. in all of Las Vegas. It's yeah. like, we could. We could use another small theater. Mm-hmm. I could start a fucking small theater. I've done it before. I don't know if I want to put the, that kind of investment in, but you know, I mean, yeah. it's something to think about. But I do have the performance gene. It's still there. I still want to do it. I still yeah. like doing it. So it's yep. like I can't wait until we get past this, so that I can get back to doing that. You know, because yeah, I do miss Bug House. I miss I miss doing a show. I'm yeah, I miss Bug House. We had a, a an event for work last week, last Friday. Uh, you know, virtual, obviously. Yeah. And at the end, uh, we hung out with the with the client, and we like stuck around. We had drinks, like we just sat in our house, and like everybody yeah. went and got uh, poured themselves a bourbon or a beer, you know, whatever they were wine, whatever they were having, and we hung out. And we talked about the show, and then we talked about WandaVision and Marvel comics because the the our client like is a total fucking Marvel nerd and Star Wars nerd, um, and we just like bullshit, bullshit, bullshitted. Bullshat. Yeah. We'll go, go with, with bullshat. Yeah. Bullshat sounds good. Um, 
and it was just like, fuck, I miss, this is like, it replaced the, if the, the hotel bar, right. Of yeah. like the live event. And God, I just, I just want to like the two things that I'm really aching to do right now are give Harry to his grandparents. Oh yeah. One, because his grandparents miss him. Two, because he misses his grandparents. Three, because it's important for that bond. And four, to give us a fucking break. Um, really, four is the first one. Yeah. Yeah. In, in no particular order, except that particularly no. that is the first one. That yeah. is the first. That's the fucking first one. You but know the it. second you know one is the first one. I want to go and drink in a dark, crowded bar. We like, were in a dark bar last night. It wasn't crowded, but it was dark. I want to be like in the crowd, like we're in pre-pandemic world, so crowded that I'd be annoyed. You know, like oh, fucking okay, dicks. No. Like I, I want to be annoyed by assholes in a dark bar. So like, I don't want to be annoyed by assholes. Not, not for but long. Yes. I just want to be like, just ah, like be in a right, bar no, that's a little off. crowded. Yeah. 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 No, we went to, uh, that was the thing is we went and uh, for my birthday dinner, we had... Uh, Went to the pepper mill and I had a steak. Mm. And then I had this big, huge salad and I had a big blue fucking drink. Because mm-hmm. I like anything with, uh, you know, that's my my special frou frou drink. Yeah. It's got blue caracal in it. So that's just sure. ended. Um, and, uh, and then we decided to swing over to uh, the mint. Mm hmm. And because we had never been to the mint, so we wanted to see what that was. And it's just a neighborhood bar. And, yep. You know, dropped some money in the video poker and 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 got comp drinks and just hung out and you know talked to people that were you know, there was like a couple of barflies just hanging yeah. around. We were just oh talking. God, I miss barflies. Just, just we were just talking to them about you know oh you're fifty five it's the new thirty five, isn't it the new thirty five? Sure, I, yeah, whatever, whatever, dude. Yep. You know, Are you guys and, gonna you buy know, me so- a fucking birthday drink or not? Yeah, what? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, but yeah, but it, but yeah, it was. But I like the. the, the Vegas, because the numbers are going down, Vegas is starting to, well, it's one of my favorite uh, phrases from uh, Scott, oh, I can't remember what Scott's last name is, Vital Vegas. Scott Pilgrim? Yeah, yeah, Scott Pilgrim, with Vital Vegas, but uh, whenever something really stupid Vegas-wise happens, his phrase is, Vegas is healing, and the latest one was Monday, apparently... um, a naked woman got into the fire control room at Circa and shut the power off the entire building. The entire fucking, what, however, what, a thousand room hotel. The, just sh- <laughs> a naked woman got in there oh, and his great. response was, yes, Vegas is healing. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's yeah. true. That's just kind of how, uh, yeah, yes, naked uh. people doing stupid shit, drunk. That's Vegas, and uh, yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, I, I, you're not on social media anymore, so you yep. probably didn't see this. But I, <laughs> after we, you know, we had a, a buttload of snow last week in Chicago, yep. and you're getting a polar vortex coming up. Yeah, it's going to be nasty. Oh, and speaking of, I do get to leave my house. I have somewhere to go Monday and Tuesday. I've got to go to a client's um, office for we have to film, and I have to be there. And I got to get my COVID test and all this other shit. But I'm like, I get to go. What What am I going to wear? You know, like, I'm just so yeah. excited. And of course, it's going to be like negative fucking five. But yeah, I don't I don't care. You will be going someplace. I am going someplace. Um, but I, w- so I, I was just like, I, I feel like the pandemic is finally starting to get to me. So I was walking Molly the other day 
and we passed my car, and I drew a dick in the snow on my car, on my own car. Sure. Yeah, Because I, I thought that was funny. Well, it is funny. Dicks and then are I would always look funny. At it, I would look at it from our window and be like, eh, somebody drew a dick on my car, and it was yeah. me. <laughs> like, I'm... <laughs> You're getting loopy, is what I'm you're saying. I'm getting a little you're getting loopy. Punch yeah. So you know, this is the thing is I know how the pandemic is, uh, and we've talked about this how, how sort of like the pandemic and all this has so has affected you. And I know I, I kind of get a sense of how it's affected Katie. I know how it's affected Dana. I know how it's affected me. One of the things I was really interested about, um, and it was all based on the birthday video um, that you sent me mm. last night that I'm going to play right now. Yeah, I have. <laughs> One, two. Well, I'm getting ready. I'm counting seven minutes. <laughs> okay, ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Honey, you gotta sing it fast. Don's old. He needs to hear it before he dies. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Don. Happy birthday to you. Don't hit. You suck. Say happy birthday, Don. But you suck. That's... Say it. I'm being funny. And so uh, pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, but my question was, um, <laughs> you know, he's doing the posing, and you can't see that. Yeah, it's obvious it's the podcast, but he's doing the posing to the camera, so it's obvious that he can see himself in the camera. Oh yeah, while he's doing his thing, uh-huh. and you see him doing the posing, and all I think of is like get him an Instagram, and then I thought, how does? Okay, so he's holding, he's. He's he'll be two. he'll be three. He'll be three in March. So he's in almost March. three. Okay, yeah. so he's almost three years old. Yeah. So he's in that terrible two. And he hasn't really had that much life to kind of ex- have experienced anything before the pandemic. It, I mean, it just wouldn't. Well, so we I, shut down social, on his second birthday. So yeah, okay. So you know, like or or, yeah. or social media. So I was one of the things I was really fascinated. Is and I don't know. I don't even know if you know the answer, but I'm curious to see what your answer might be. Is how do you think being Carrie? How how do you think being a child of that age? How do you think social media and more specifically the pandemic is affecting him? And and what do you think the what do you think the the long term effects are going to potentially be? Well, I I don't think that social media has has anything to do with Harry because he he's not aware of it. Um, you yeah, know. but you're always taking pictures of him, and yeah, I mean, he does say like there is the <clears throat> he does like to he'll say I want to look at videos and pictures, so he does like yeah. to watch. But that's not much different than when we were kids growing up. I remember my brother Stephen watched our family videos fucking constantly. Okay, All constantly. Right. So, yeah, I, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I had a VHS recorder and used to yeah. record kind of wacky bullshit skits. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, like he he would watch, you know, birthday parties and Christmas morning, you know, all that stuff that our, you know, dad would film. Um so it's it's no different than that. It's just instead of having to put a tape in, he just grabs my phone and says I want to look at videos and pictures whatever. Sure. But as far as like the as far as the pandemic affecting him, he's fine. Like we are very fortunate that 
he's two, you know, and not seven and having to go to school or not 18 and missing his prom and his high school graduation and freshman year in college or whatever, you know, so this is, he's good with his mask. Like it's not, it, it did not, it has not disrupted his life at all. It's just part of what, what happens. And I think when it ends, if it, like whatever the end of this looks like, well, I read I, I read things would not get back if we go to our current rate of vaccination, things aren't getting back to normal for seven and a half years. Great. That's Fucking what I great. read today. I read that today. Well, that, then you know what? Then in seven and a half years vaccination. Harry will be ten years old, ten and a half, eleven years old. And it that'll it'll it'll just be his reality. It won't it'll just be what it is. You know, that's, this is just, well, I mean, the thing is, that's, that's, it's it's one of the things that I've, and I agree with you. I don't think you're wrong at all. In fact, I think you're a hundred percent right. Um, what it reminds me of is like, well, I mean, you know, well, I'm a child of, (laughs) of multiple divorce and everybody talks about, Oh, child of divorce (laughs) is so hard. Child of divorce is like child of cancer or child of addiction. Child of divorce. You know what? I've always been a child of divorce. What's the big fucking deal? It's what you are. I mean, it's what it is. It's you know. I mean, was it was it awesome? I don't know if it was awesome. I don't know if it was any worse than anybody else's upbringing. This is just the way. You know what? It's just how I grew up. This is fine. It's different than. Than mine was. I mean, my parents are divorced, yeah. but they didn't get divorced till I was, I think, out of college at that point. I wasn't even living in, yeah, that's in how, Chicago that, when it that's went down. Dana. That's, that's exactly how Dana yeah, was. Her, her folks didn't get divorced until she was grown. Yeah. This goes, this goes back to what we were talking about last week, uh, the last episode with, with Rory Zacker, where he was saying, you know, that oh, the music was better in the 80s, the movies were better. In the, they weren't better. I mean, they were different. No, like, they were better. Just, they, no, 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 they were better. They were definitely better. But kids today, you know, like their, whatever their version of Revenge of the Nerds yeah. is, I don't know what that would be. But whatever it is, like that—that's their thing. That stars Miley Cyrus. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. Think no, about Miley Cyrus is now even even aged out in, in terms of like what the the Gen Z. I don't know. Yeah, but Billie it's, Eilish. It's got Billie Eilish. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking. <laughs> We're in a small tent. Have and I talked? Hair. I don't think I've talked to you about Machine Gun Kelly. Have I? I don't, I don't think you no. have talked to me about I've, Machine Gun Kelly. Do you know this musician, Machine Gun Kelly? I this do. Kid, okay. I kind of like is that. I kind of like him, and okay. I'm not sure how to feel about that. It's fine. It's fine, right? Because I feel like he is this generation's. Uh, he is to this generation what Billy Idol was to us, like where he was like. He's kind of, sort of punk, but packaged in a presentable way. <laughs> a I can little see that. Bit. You know, I guess I can see that. Sure, why not? Why yeah. Not? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we... And just for the sake of this, this point that I'm trying to make, every generation has their Karate Kid. Every generation has their Billy Idol. They're the Beatles. They're whatever. And it's all the same. And I learned that when I was writing the camp book, when I was going back to camp, and the kids who weren't even born... When I was doing my last summer there, you know, telling me the same shit that the people that I was talking to who went to camp in the 1930s, like it's all the same. The details oh, yeah. are a little different, you know, whether it's yeah. phones or Nintendo, 
a game console. You, you know, know it's all the same shit. On a side note, nothing makes me laugh harder, and it does make me laugh. Uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, you know that's the thing about. I've now gone from being just over overwhelmingly irritated with woke Gen Zs to now just think it's they're funny and shit and being completely condescending about them. Mm-hmm. Not like you know, I just and, and one of the funniest things I just I I saw this the other day is the idea that they love Robert Downey Jr. because he's Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. And then they just, I just saw this whole thing where they, a bunch of them had recently discovered that he did blackface in Tropic Thunder and they are conflicted by this. And my reaction is, it's just a fucking funny movie. It's a great choice. That's a wonderful portrayal of a man wearing blackface. But his blackface, him wearing blackface, is the joke about people wearing blackface. Gen Z's don't have any sense of humor about it. Right. They don't see... There is no context. There is no context for wearing blackface. There's no context for playing full retard. There's no context (laughs) for being able to even say... Full retard in a movie, and they say full retard like seven times in that yeah, movie. That is a good movie. It's a fucking hysterical yeah, a great movie. movie. Tom Cruise you know? should have won the Oscar for that movie. Oh, I mean, I just think he's so goddamn funny in that movie. And Matthew McConaughey's funny in that movie. Everybody's funny in that yeah. movie. And and uh, and so, but I but I do I do enjoy that, and that's one of the things that I think is it's there. There are people, and that's something. It's fifty five. You know. Uh, even my wife and I that's in a, that's actually in an essay that's coming up for the ape is even my wife you know she's 14 years my junior it's and it's not like I went hey I'm looking for somebody who was born when I was just entering high school for a wife that wasn't how it it wasn't the look it just kind of worked out that way but we do have a generation gap and it was every once in a while I'll say something and it's obvious she has no fucking idea what frame of reference that I was like the other day I was like talking about Roy Roy Clark big note big note stuff do you mean what I'm t- you know what I'm talking about no nope. exactly it's to me it's as fresh as it was yesterday I can and Dan, see Dana the and I are the same age for I know yeah, yeah I'm a few months older but she was yeah. like I don't even and she and she just it's not like she feels bad because I don't even know what that means old man and I'm well, like and Katie does the same thing to me Okay, there you go. And I'm like, yeah. you know, so I explained, well, Roy Clark, and she goes, I know he was with Hee Haw. I said, yeah, and he had a, a series of books to teach children how to play guitar, and they had, they were called the Roy Clark Big Note Series because the notes were bigger on the page so mm-hmm. that kids could see them, and they were the Big Note Series, and that I always thought that was funny because only the stupidest kids had to have big notes. Oh, Jesus, Don. Hey, I I was you got to remember I was I've been playing my trumpet since I was six. Yeah. The kids that had to have the big notes were the remedial motherfucking kids. I'm sure. sorry. No, it's that's fair. You know, and that's so fair. I I grew up. So <laughs> when I say the Roy big the Roy it's Clark fair. big it's not note, nice, but it's fair. Well, well, I'm not. When was I ever no, that I'm, nice? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with I not being nice. I am completely fair, yeah. but I'm not entirely nice. I would rather be kind rather than polite. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. And to me, tough love is kind. Tough love can be kind in the that long is, run. Yeah, it, and that's my that's will that will be my fifty five year old perspective is that the tough biggest, love is kind. Oh yes. The, the only problem I have with your birthday essay is the okay. title. It's the headline. Oh yeah. I can't I drive fifty five because it makes me think of, of course, 
That yeah. stupid song by Sammy Hagar. Yeah, I know. Because Sammy Hagar kind of sort of sucks. I th- well, yeah. Cabo yeah. Wabo. No, he, no just, yeah, I'm with you. No, Sammy Hagar mm-hmm. sucks. But it, the, the reason I wrote it was because, uh, and actually that wasn't the original title of it, but the more I thought about it, the more it's like, if there's anything that makes me, okay, and that thing is, you know, you know me about as well as anybody does. Um and you know that I have my moments of self-doubt and lacks of, you know, thing moments where I lack confidence, whatever and ever. The thing is, when I'm feeling the least me, because in me, me is fucking hyper-confident, not like an asshole arrogant about it, but just like unassailably confident. Fuck Sometimes off. Sometimes a shit little... In. Well, yeah, it, it can yeah, go over. We all... It can go over the top. <laughs> it can go over the top. But just like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to fucking dance the way I'm going to, you know, I'm yeah. going to dance for somebody, whatever. And whenever... <laughs> that, just, that just popped into my head. But at those moments, the moments when I feel like I don't feel that way, all I really have to do is put on some fucking hard rock from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then all of a sudden... Go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit what you think. I am who I am. I'm doing it my way. I'm not relevant anymore. I'm a fucking Def Leppard goddamn album with liner notes that you found in the back of a fucking junk shop. I'm that guy. And fuck it. And that was why it was like, yeah, I kind of have to call it I Can't Drive 55 because that's the closest thing I can call it that kind of evokes that classic rock thing. And that was why I called it that. And you're you're the Sammy Hagar generation. I mean, you yeah. Even slight because you and I are of the same. I'm generation, more Van Halen. I'm Van Halen. Va- yes, that's yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess when Hagar was there, like there was a good, like right Hagar, now is an okay song. Yeah, I don't think anything he did was good. Um, but the thing about it, he was a solo artist. I mean, he yeah. had his own band before uh, Diamond Dave split. He, Van Halen was never the same after no. after David Lee Roth split. No. But, uh, and so, and that's the thing is I can say that the music of my, you know, my music, mm-hmm. my music that I grew up with pretty much 75 to 85, that's pretty much because mm. 75 was like junior high and 85, I, you know, 84 was when I graduated high school and it always takes at least a year before you're like, oh, okay, so maybe even 86, but Pretty much the music from 75 to, to 85 is the music that when I hear it, I stop. I fucking dance. It didn't matter where yeah. I'm at. That was one of the one of the jokes in the casino was I was I'm the fucking manager of a goddamn beat ass, broke down, broke dick fucking casino in Vegas. And their playlist was all this sort of like well and the playlist was all this fucking classic rock so i was always dancing i was constantly like because i'm moving i'm moving around yeah. i'm dancing i'm doing my thing and i'm not a good dancer but very enthusiastic about it so that's okay but that was the thing is it was all music of my generation and yeah. i can't not dance and so it was like the other day i was typing and i'm listening and i've got my headphones in and it's like motley crew and fucking scorpions and poison. And I'm, I, oh, you know, I mean, literally, I'm just sitting here. And Dana's in the other room. She has no idea. But I am sitting at my desk. And Cult of Personality comes on. And I'm just fucking jamming out. I'm, just, I'm not singing out loud. It's just on my phone. But I'm just 
bop, doop, doop, bop. And, oh, and she has no idea. And it's like, and I feel like a million fucking bucks sitting there yeah. doing that. It's, you got to go back to your basics. Yeah. It's the, it's your, the music is your, it's your formative years stuff. And I, I'm all over the place because I like, I hear Hall and Oates, like I, you know, Huey Lewis and the new, like the early eighties. Cause I was, I've all, I've always gravitated toward it. I don't know why I'm not a musician. Like that's a, a missed opportunity for me. Yeah. I, I mean, well, it's not were, too late. You were a radio DJ. You were a radio DJ. So that's I what did people it a different who don't way. have any music, yeah. people well, who have no musical ability. Well, but I have radio musical DJs. ability. I just I never really like doubled down. I was like, I'm going to go do this. Even though like right. I fantasized, I just, I don't, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. But anyway, like I hear that and I can hear, you know, um, Motley Crue doesn't get me as much, but like fucking Van Halen comes on. Yep. Oh, I'm yeah. stopping and I'm dancing. But yeah. then I've also got like early mid nineties hip hop and rap. And then I've got like my, my mid, mid late nineties, early two thousands punk See, and emo I shit. And then, but then I even go back to oldies. Because oh, yeah, when I was yeah. a jo- when I was a radio jo- jockeying all these you music, all that so music, like that was part of it. I'm all over the fucking place, which is nice. Because yeah. if I'm ever in a like, oh, I need to find myself again. I've got like eight decades to choose. <laughs> there you go. I'm pre- I'm a bit more lim- I'm a bit more limited. I don't like a lot of rap. I, I mean, man, I love fucking Beastie Boys, um, and I like Run DMC. And, I mean, there, there's it's, I mean, but it's, that's that's the it's 80s. a very yeah. it's a very specific '80s kind of uh, you know kind of thing and so uh yeah well I mean, so it's I like last last week again yeah. talking to, you know when we were on the episode with rory where i was one of my six things was uh listen to the podcast hit parade where they were talking yeah. about chic yeah. and i think i refer i think i called them sh- chick on the show which i, I apologize think you did, for i think you did call them i don't chick. know why the hell i did that because I, I know better even um, i didn't even think to uh but like i'm all like nerding out on nile rogers and like it's <laughs> just like disco I yeah, and my parents weren't disco people, but it was yeah. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, did you have a nice birthday? I had a fantastic birthday. Thank you. And all in all, you had a good year. I had a fantastic year, despite the fact that everybody else in the free world had a dismal shitty year. Which I I don't think I was bragging. I'm just like I just had a better year that's, than most people did. But that's important though, is to find even in the shit. It's to yeah. find like those little nuggets of corn that you can still eat. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing in memory of Dustin Diamond, who played Samuel Screech Powers on Saved by the Bell. This this shook me. His death I, shook I can, me. I can tell it did. You really you really took this hard, man. And my my first because you're not on social media, so you missed this. My first reaction when I found that when I heard the news is I went to Facebook and I wrote, "It's official. Dustin Diamond will not be returning, will not be appearing in the Say by the Bell reboot." That was my first <laughs> initial okay. reaction. So because that's how I deal with sadness and heartbreak is I'll I'll find the joke or you know. But then I was I I, I was sh- shook because as you can read my piece, um, and that ex- that explains it all. But anyway, um, in his honor, watch Saved by the Bell. Go watch that shit. Watch, read my piece, and then watch Saved by the Bell. And then, uh, well, I'll save the other things for my, my other things to do this week. But yeah, go back and spend some time with Screech, with Dustin Diamond. All right. 
I've got my my first is a is a bit of a throwback too. Um, you know, in the in the constant search on the many multiple streaming platforms to watch something that you haven't seen already a thousand times. Um, I never was into this. It's like six or seven seasons of this shit, and it just didn't really just like the way it was described to me. It was like, oh, that sounds that it's good, but it's just really not my thing. And then I found out it was created by Ronald D. Moore. Ronald D. Moore was the guy who created the 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 Battlestar Galactica reboot, which I oh. thought was fucking brilliant, right? So I went, oh, wait a minute. That okay, so now that's a reason for me to watch it. Outlander. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna give you too much, but it, it is it is it's fucking cool. It's I mean, basically, I don't I mean I've only watched three episodes, but I'm totally sucked in. I'm totally sucked in. The first episode, she's this woman. Her name's Claire. She's uh, like world, just just after World War Two ended, like six mm-hmm. weeks after. She was an army nurse, mm-hmm. you know. So she was for five years was an army nurse in Britain, and she was into it. She's an herbologist, so she's like fascinated by, you know, plants that you can use for medicine and all that shit. She's married, but she hadn't seen her husband more than ten times in five years because of the war. So they go to Scotland to kind of get to know each other again and mm-hmm. her husband's way into his the fact that he had this ancestor that was in Scotland that was a part of the British dragoons, right? And all this yeah. kind of stuff. And I mean long story short, you have to watch it, but she ends up getting transported by herself to seventeen forty three Scotland. Jesus. And I know. And she's, I mean, she's a British woman. For, you know, so she doesn't have the technology we have now, but she, I mean, she certainly has a lot more technology at her disposal in her mind than 1743 Scotland. Yeah. And it's just fucking fun because it's her, she's really good. The actress is quite good, totally believable. She looks exactly like somebody would look if she were a nurse in World War II. Mm-hmm. But it's all these fucking Scottish fucking grimy with your whore. I mean, it's just... That was pretty good. It's, it's just a fucking blast. So I highly recommend it. Um, I will let you know if it gets worse. But apparently it gets way better. So I'm in. There you go. Outlander. Netflix. My next thing, sticking with the... The, in memory of Screech, and I have talked about this before, uh, listen to the podcast, Zach to the Future. Yep, you have. You have. Comma, go to funnierdie.com or YouTube and f- watch Zach Morris's trash. Just taking that Saved by the Bell shit. All so right. That's, that's my second thing. My second thing, and I know that uh, those who are the most woke of our listeners uh, find Quillette to be a horrifying uh, right-wing thing. It's really not at all a right-wing thing. Um, it's just not woke, and it's not hyper-liberal or hyper-conservative. It's just, uh, but it's uh, Quillette.com. Uh, I thought this was actually a pretty pretty smart piece. It's by Dorian S. Abbott, and it is called More Weight, An Academic's Guide to Surviving Campus Witch Hunts. And what he does is he talks about the campus, you know, the campus cancel culture and all this kind of stuff and takes his lessons on how to deal with those cancellations from the actual Salem witch trials. And it's actually, it's, it's actually, 
it is actually quite funny and and actually you'd be surprised quite instructive so i enjoyed it it is called uh more weight an academic's guide to surviving campus witch hunts nice my third thing this week if you're not already doing it is watch wandavision on disney plus last week in the fourth episode it that the slow burn that i've been talking about caught fire like it's it's going now so if you've been holding off i think you have been don now's the time to get into it all right Um, because i have been holding off because i didn't want to spend the money until i was ready to watch yeah uh, it's uh so when's when's falcon because they're gonna stay on there it's not like they're gonna go away so when's falcon and the snowman coming up that one i don't know Okay, you know, because I would like Falcon to see Falcon the cup. Snowman? I said that last time. Yeah, that's the Sean Penn, uh, <laughs> Timothy Hutt movie. But, uh, but you know, it's what is it? The Falcon and the... Winter, Winter Soldier, yeah. Winter, snowman and the, and works. The snowman, snowman yeah, works. Falcon yes. and the Snowman, yeah. Yes. Because in, yeah, the Falcon and the Snowman, the Snowman's a guy who deals cocaine, but uh, in yeah. that movie. Yeah. So I don't think that's I don't think that's Bucky Barnes, but you know whatever we Maybe don't know we'll care. see we what happens know. in the new se- in the new uh, series. You know what else are you gonna do with one big fucking arm and snort cocaine? I don't know. Yeah, comes from the eighties. Whatever. I- um, <laughs> all right, so all right, so it's time. And my third thing is a read. It is in New York Magazine. I, I do not have. I, it's just called the Nightmare Share. The Nightmare Share. It is called. She posted, or the 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 tag is. She posted an ad for a roommate. What's the worst that could happen? Mother fuck. Uh, it, this is the ultimate in fucking like. It, you invite somebody in your house. You're gonna you know charge them a little bit for an Airbnb and this. And at the end of it, she's been in the house with her kid and dog. Won't leave for over two years, the and when fuck? you find and when you finally leave your house that you can you cannot get her out of legally, you can't get her out of it. There's you've taken her to court because there's a pandemic. There's no eviction. You can't do any of this shit. That basically, at the end of the day, you are eight hundred thousand dollars in the hole and still don't have this woman out of your house. This is that fucking story. It wow. is so bizarre. And it's, I mean, I hate to say that it's really entertaining, you know, in that schadenfreude kind of thing, but it's uh, it's a really good, it's a really very interesting article. Oh, that's funny. All right. Yeah. yeah Give it a go. It's, it's a lot of fun. And that's the show. show. I think next, uh, next week we're going to talk about maybe uh, getting drunk, having a, a whiskey tasting. Is that what we talked about? No, I think it's the week after that. Is that the week after? Okay, yeah. Because well, we have to figure that out because Dana with and I are going to be on the road. Yeah, with our with, with our while. with our good friend AJ Miller. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, rock and roll. Have a good week, everybody. Night, night. Enjoy. Go to Betty. Bye. <laughs> you can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>